Blog Talk Radio. Yo, Rebel Guard Radio is live on the air. Alrighty, welcome to the January 22nd edition of Rubber Guard Radio. I'm your host, KZ. I have my tag team partner, Alex Sane, on the line. Uh, this episode of Rubber Guard Radio is brought to you by our sponsor, WrestleWarehouse.com. Uh, if you need wrestling DVDs, uh, Lucha Libre masks, CDs, T-shirts, bumper stickers, WWE swag, whatever, go there. Check them out, WrestleWarehouse.com. What's going on, Alex? Hey, what's going on? We're okay. We're waiting on. Uh, we're waiting for uh, the wizard and master of the rubber guard, Eddie Bravo, to call in. So, is I'm gonna awesome. text him again. And I've had to brush up on some of my MMA knowledge because uh, we got a, a good stacked MMA show today with uh, Eddie Bravo whenever he calls in, and then Michael Coughlin in the second hour. So we can all learn a little bit from both guys today. Here you go. Here you go. So what's going on, boss? Oh, man, nothing's going on. Uh, actually, I messed up my knee the other day in practice just doing a leapfrog. It's always the simplest things, but uh, my knee popped out. And uh, give, it a week of, give it a week of just laying down or whatever, and it's already feeling good, pretty, pretty good today. So uh, hopefully by Friday I'll be back in training uh, in the ring again. That's cool. That's cool. Keep using ice, bro. Yeah, well, uh, I think it works real well. Icy hot? Yeah. Cool. I just sent a, another text message to uh, Mr. Bravo. Yeah. He should be calling in momentarily. Hey, so what do you uh, – we're probably going over this with uh, Coughlin, but uh, what do you think of UFC 80 this weekend? Very fun show, top to bottom. Um, so, even uh, the dark fights were good. So. bad? Did Stevenson look bad, or was just BJ Penn that dominant? Because I mean, I haven't seen the show yet. Um, he was cut, and that's pretty much it. You think he deserves a rematch after the shirt fight? Yes. Yeah. Well, no, 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 not now, not this soon. Give him a couple of fights, and then put him back in there, because it's it wasn't a blood stoppage, it wasn't a stop up cut, but. Mm-hmm. All, on the other hand, it was that type of a deep gash, but um, well, you know, it was still a hell of a, a hell of a fight whether he got cut or not. And I would like to welcome to the show the Godfather, the even inventor of the rubber guard, Mr. Jiu-Jitsu Wizard himself, Eddie Bravo. What's going on, brother? How you doing, man? What's up? Chilling. Chilling. Can you hear me? 
I have. Am I? Am yeah, I, I got gotcha. you. Okay, cool. <laughs> I have my tag team partner man? Alex Saint on the other line. Hey, cool. Hello, hey, cool. Bravo. How are you doing, man? Hey, let me ask you a quick question, really quick, really quick. Yeah. Sure. Um, Rubber Guard Radio. Um, mm-hmm. Why did you decide on that name? What's up, man? And should I see you? <laughs> I saw I saw your instructional DVDs because I'm I'm a I'm big time MMA mark and okay cool I watched them not not to learn not to train but to better familiarize myself with the stuff and I was like okay cool. this shit's cool plus you know plus you're a cool dude anyway you know you're you're outspoken outspoken about pot smoking so you're down with me. So cool, cool. I hope you don't smoke too much weed, though. You gotta, you gotta, you know, don't get too crazy now. I know my <laughs> limits. Okay, cool. So how how was England? England was cool. The fans are awesome. The fans were cool. They're out of control, really. It's like, you know, you got like the judges and shit. Like, you know, the guys that sit ringside, they're like signing autographs, taking pictures. It's out of control. Those. Those fans in England just—they're insane. It's—it's—it's it's, it's crazy. I mean, I, I, the fans are awesome. Probably some of the best fans on the planet. They're just insane. They love anything UFC. You know what I mean? I pose this cool question well, to KZ, uh, Mr. Bravo, and I'll, I'll wonder what you think about this. Uh, do you believe that after that fight, uh, Joe Stevenson deserves a rematch? Um, does he deserve a rematch? Yeah, why not? You know, why not? Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing that, but BJ at 55 is pretty much unstoppable. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't really, I think if BJ fought Joe Daddy 75 times, he would beat him 80 times, you know? But BJ is unstoppable at 55. Well, all right. How about, how about my dog, Clay Guida? What do you think of him matching up with Ben with uh, BJ? I don't think anybody can fuck with BJ at 55, really. Clay Guida is my boy. I love his hair. He has the best hair in MMA. Um, but BJ at 55 is just—he's like GSP at 70. You can't just—you can't fuck with him, you know. I know Matt Sarah caught him with a big right hand, but you know, it just—it just seems that GSP would be unstoppable at 70, even with the rematch with Matt Sarah. Matt Sarah's my boy. I love him to death. But damn, GSP's out of control, and it just seems like BJ Penn has that 155 on lock. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, 155, okay. uh, the next big show with uh, two 155 guys on top is that April 2nd uh, UFC Fight Night with Kenny Florian and Joe Lousen. Now, I understand that's a little bit in the future, Mr. Bravo, but uh, how, do you, how do you see that fight turning out? Because that looks like a very interesting fight for, uh, to me on paper. Yeah, that's a coin toss. That's one that who, who the hell knows who's going to win that one. Joe Lozon is wild and crazy. He's got serious jiu-jitsu, and he's got power in his punches. And then you've got Kenny Florian, who's a master technician on the ground, and his striking is super technical under the tutelage of Mark Delagrati. That one's a coin toss. Who, who knows what's going to happen there? I have no idea. The My grandma definitely might definitely be the winner in that one, though. <laughs> Yeah. Fans, yeah. Well, I'm yeah. I'm hoping that I'm hoping that Ribs McFlorian, you know, hits the ground. I I honestly just don't like watching that kid. He's just I don't know. He's just not my 
not my cup of tea. But now you were you were in attendance in in England for UFC 80. Um, can you explain to to the listeners about the reaction that Sean Shirk received when he went up in the cage, mm-hmm. like after the BJ fight? Yes. Yes. Um, you're asking me to comment on the reaction of the fans when B- I, you know what? I, I really don't remember, you know, I'll, you know what I do remember about that is that BJ, um, got on the mic during his post-fight interview and called out Sean Shirk and said that Sean Shirk is dead. And then when Sean Shirk got us to the cage, you know, to, to, um, um, to challenge him. BJ came up to him and shook his hand and said, it's going to be a great fight. Now, either that's the greatest mind fuck on the planet. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like talk shit. But then when you see him, you're just like, fuck with his brain and pretend you're cool. And then he left like Sean shirt, just like frazzled. And he didn't know how to respond. Either that was his genius or I don't know what was going on there, but it was pretty, um, it was pretty mind-boggling. I don't know what BJ was thinking. I'm going to go ahead and, 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 and go with the fact that BJ was just trying to mind-fuck him. You know, but mm-hmm. who knows? Definitely, definitely. Now, uh, pick a winner. BJ Shirk or BJ? I think, I think at 55, BJ will crush Shirk. That's what I think. Especially now that Shirk has been... You know, he's been caught with steroids once, and, you know, now he's got to be, he can't fuck around no more, because remember when Tim Silvey got caught with steroids, when he fought Sean, uh, when he fought uh, Rico Rodriguez, he had them big-ass shoulders looking like shoulder pads, looking like he was on the L.A. Raiders, or Oakland Raiders, <laughs> you know what I mean? But then after that, you know, Tim Silvey didn't want to take, he didn't want to take any chances, he was caught before, so then he ended up showing up real soft. You know, I'm curious to see how soft Sean Shirk is going to show up, you know. Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, whew, what's going to happen there, you know, because all these guys coming from Pride, you know, they're showing up clean now, and they're not fighting as aggressively as they were before. Um, who knows? Maybe Sean Shirk never even did roids or whatever, and maybe he's all natural, and maybe, you know, it's not going to make a difference, and he's going to show up. He's going to be totally shredded like he always is, and has like he has like a miniature Brock Lesnar neck. You know, who knows? Maybe he's going to show up like that. But either way, you know, I love Sean Shirk. He's a fucking amazing athlete. He crushes ninety nine percent of everyone he faces. But BJ is like some freak from another planet that never wrestled in high school, never wrestled in college yet. He's taken all these college wrestlers down and pounding on them. So, I don't know. I'll put my money on BJ. But, you know, Sean Shirk, if he pulls it out and hustles BJ out, I wouldn't be surprised either. I mean, because BJ is known to gas. You know, that's no secret. I, 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 don't think, I don't think Shirk will stop him. I think that if Shirk wins, it'll, it'll go five. Yeah, yeah. Because I, yeah. I really don't see him stopping BJ. There's yeah. Just highly unlikely. I hate to take it away from the UFC talk, but uh, the, when I was reading your uh, Wikipedia page, uh, Mr. Bravo, the thing that interested me the most was uh, your beliefs on Nogi Jiu-Jitsu. From, uh, I, I'm even reading on here that you say that uh, you believe that the Gi should be thrown out from when you start learning Jiu-Jitsu. 
Now, I was wondering how you came to those beliefs and how the jiu-jitsu community has uh, accepted your beliefs and have you gotten any backlash because of those beliefs? Well, the only reason the gi is even still around today is because Helio Gracie decided to keep that Japanese superhero outfit. Now, he changed Japanese jiu-jitsu so much, he made it his own. He made a Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And you know what? He could have very well just said, hey, listen, I changed Japanese jiu-jitsu so much that why are we wearing this crazy-ass uniform? You know, let's, let's wear some Brazilian shit, you know? He could have easily went that route. And if he did went that route, all these guys worshiping the gi now and hating me because I bashed the gi, they would all be, you know, um, behind whatever Helio Gracie decided to use. But since he decided to keep the gi, everybody's worshiping the gi. It's a Japanese superhero outfit that is outdated and should have been discarded a long time ago. And the fact that there's still people out there that get offended because I say throw away a piece of cotton uniform, now that in itself is amazing. That's amazing that people will get offended at like, you know, they, they look at it as some religious garment, you know what I mean? That's like, that's like um, some wrestling coach being offended at Matt Hughes for not wearing a singlet, you know, anymore when he trains. Like, I can't believe you got your NCAA, you know, championship with the singlet, and now you're dissing singlet. What's going on? You know, don't disrespect the singlet. It's the same thing. And for some reason that, Japanese superhero outfit. It's not even a Brazilian outfit. It's a Japanese outfit. The, the Brazilians love it. They like, and if you talk shit on it, they get crazy and they, you know, they, they follow you around in black cars and they get out of the helicopters and they want to drop bombs on you. It's crazy. How do you feel about, uh, because uh, Nogi Jiu-Jitsu has a lot of principles from uh, amateur wrestling, and do you ever see in the future that uh, maybe Nogi Jiu-Jitsu is being taught in the high schools and in the colleges and maybe overtaking amateur wrestling. Now, I know that's a, that's a hard, hard thing to do considering how amateur wrestling is now in the Olympics and everything like that, but would you like to see the inclusion of uh, no-gi jiu-jitsu? Because, it's, in my opinion, it's an advanced form of amateur wrestling. Absolutely. That's like, I mean, it's understandable that wrestling has been, you know, a staple in the Midwest and American culture, you know, because, you know, it was thought to be the ultimate form of grappling, but now we know that it's not. It had a lot of holes, and there's still there's so much to be added. And submission wrestling and no-gi jiu-jitsu, whatever you want to call it, grappling, that's really the, you know, that, that's the, the true essence of, of grappling, you know, submitting someone, not pinning someone's shoulders to the ground. And, you know, that means nothing, and we know that means nothing. It's time to evolve. It's time to let all that go. And not 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 let it go completely. Add it to the submissions, you know. Not yeah. take it away. You know, keep the keep everything in wrestling. Keep the takedowns and the control and all that. But you know what? You gotta add them submissions. That's what's really important. You know, we just didn't know that before. We thought that pinning someone's shoulders to the ground that was the be all end all. But we know that it's retarded now. Pinning someone someone's shoulders to the ground that doesn't prove anything. That proves nothing. You know, tapping someone out, that proves something. That proves that you completely dominated your opponent. You made him give up, and he lost. You know, so we know that. It's called evolution. So I would love it if we totally dropped amateur wrestling as the way it is now 
and added the submissions to it. Keep the rest and keep the takedowns, two points for a takedown, all that shit. But, you know, instead of having high school wrestling tournaments the way they look now, have them look like Grappler's Quest or Naga or Abu Dhabi. That is the future. And anything now, short of that is just, just primitive, you know, just monkey see, monkey do tradition. Now, the, now, what got me so interested about that is if I imagined a Matt Hughes at a at an early age of 14 or 15 entering in high school, and instead of enrolling in his wrestling course, if he had enrolled in a, a submission-based grappling or a no-gi jiu-jitsu class, what an amazing uh, practitioner he would be in uh, 2008 if he would have yeah, been trained in that. Yeah, he would have killed GSP. If Matt Hughes yeah. was doing some no-gi jiu-jitsu since the age of three, Instead of wrestling, he would own GSP. Correct. So, uh, how do you see the evolution of fighting? Period. Now that uh, in mixed martial arts has shown that uh, no GG uh, submission grappling is uh, the better system to start out with, vice uh, the G Jiu Jitsu, and then oftentimes when enrolling in a, a mixed martial, oftentimes in many gyms now they offer mixed martial arts classes, which is basically submission grappling. How do you see the evolution of fighters? Well, you know, it, it, it's going to take a while, but hopefully, you know, it would be awesome that we saw, if we see no-gi jiu-jitsu and throughout high school systems, uh, programs, and throughout the college programs, and in the, Olymp- the Olympics. Come on, how about Abu Dhabi in the Olympics? You know, it, yeah. just, it, doesn't, take, it doesn't take a a scientist to figure that out. I mean, that would be amazing. You know, how about Valet Tudo MMA in the Olympics? That would be the ultimate. I mean, wrestling the way it is now, the, it's, it's still pretty damn boring. So you pin some guy's shoulders to a mat. That doesn't prove anything. We need to get rid of that and totally revamp it. Keep all the wrestling aspects as far as the takedowns going. All that. Keep all that. We're not taking away, but we got to revamp it evolve and change it into Abu Dhabi, Grappler's Quest, Naga, you know, uh, that kind of that kind of style, you know, just get rid of that old shit. It's it's useless. Well, Eddie, you were you were talking about um high school um uh, combat sports. Um what what are your feelings on weight cutting? I think weight cutting is ridiculous. I think it's tough enough. <laughs> I think it's tough enough that you got to learn the art of takedowns and submissions. Then you've got to learn the art of weight cutting. That's ridiculous. The one thing that the Brazilians have figured out, and these, you know, they're geniuses in this point, is in the Mundials and all the Brazilian, the big Brazilian tournaments, they make competitors weigh in right before their match. So they can't have those giant weight cuts. So it's not necessary to master the art of weight cutting. And I think that's beautiful. You know, you weigh in right before you fight. Bam! And that's it. And you go, like, minutes later, you fight. I think that's brilliant. I think it's beautiful. I think it should be implemented in MMA. I think there should be weigh-ins an hour before the UFC starts. That's what I think. Uh, If they implemented that into the uh, mixed martial arts world, more specifically the Ultimate Fighting Championship, how would you – how do you think – the fighters would react to that, and then how do you? Uh, who do you think would be the top level fighters without the use of weight cutting? Um, then it all come down to technique. 
Then it wouldn't come down to dudes who mastered the art of cutting 15 pounds and, and overpowering their opponents. That, all that shit would be cut out, and that would be beautiful. Then it would, be, it would all be about pure technique. You wouldn't have to worry about cut. I mean, you have to, in MMA, you have to worry so much about the wrestling and the striking and the jiu-jitsu. Damn, and you got to throw weight cutting on top of that? That's ridiculous. Let's cut that out. Let's have weigh-ins an hour and a half before the show. And if you don't make it, you have, an, you, know, you have time. You have an hour to cut that other pound or the two pounds. It wouldn't be a problem. You know, and, and I, think, I think the Brazilians, the way they, they do it with the weight cutting right before the fight, I think that's brilliant. No, I've never really been happy with the weight cutting, uh, considering the deaths of all these college, you know, college wrestlers. And it, exactly. it, it's just not good for your body. I mean, you're going to yeah. shock the hell out of it with this weight cutting measures. And then the day, the day later, you're going to get into the cage and get hit. I mean, that's a yeah, heart attack waiting crazy. to happen. It's crazy. You know why? Why do you got to take away chocolate cake and cheeseburgers from MMA fighters? <laughs> You know what I mean? Let them have that shit. They got to get in that cage and bleed for us. Let them have the cheeseburgers and the Dunkin' Donuts. God damn it. Why do we got to take that shit away from them? Maybe more fighters would do it. Maybe, maybe more fighters would compete in MMA if they didn't have to cut 15 goddamn pounds in a sauna and torture themselves and, and dry out their brains of fluid just to fight. That's ridiculous. I have another question for you. How do you, how do you feel about the current scoring system for mixed martial arts, specifically UFC? Well, I think that's ridiculous as well. I mean, we got a, a scoring system in place. It's built for boxing, which has 12 rounds. And the 10-point must scoring system works well when there's 12 rounds. You know, but damn, when there's three rounds, it doesn't work so well because, you know, you could have the first round be kind of tight, you know what I mean? No one's really doing any damage, but fighter A gets a takedown, and it's, no one really did any work or anything, but you got to give it to somebody, so give it to fighter A because he got the takedown. And then you got round two, not much going on. They're feeling each other out. They're both pretty cautious. Fighter A gets a takedown and lands a couple shots, and then he takes the guy down again. And then you give that fighter round two as well. Fighter A has two rounds, but no one real damage has been done. And then it comes round three, the final round. Fighter B takes it to fighter A, takes him down and smashes him, lands big shots, you know, and, and uh, rocks him a little bit. And then the fight ends. Who do you give it to, fighter A, because he squeaked by the first two rounds? Or do you give it to fighter B, who closed the fight like he was, you know, closing in on fighter A and he was smashing him down, but you know what? Fighter A wins. And that's where the scoring system system is exposed and it's flawed. And that happens a lot, you know, and a lot of the times, and I would say most of the time, the boxing system that we got, the 10 point must scoring system is, is fine, except in situations like the one I just explained where it's just, you know, it works well. And, and, um, 12-round fights, but three-round fights, that's so tough to make that work. Big flaws. But, oh, well, I guess that makes you, you know, as a fighter, want to close the fight and end the fight as quickly as possible to event, uh, to uh, avoid situations like that. Speaking of closing the fight, how do you feel, uh, how much do you feel uh, the judges place importance on the final minute of uh, the last round? Because oftentimes, 
a fighter will have a large uh, – nothing much will be going on in the first three minutes or the five minutes in a title fight. And then the last minute, fighter B or fighter A will have a large fury. And then uh, oftentimes that's weighed very heavy. How do you feel about a fighter waiting for the last minute of the fight before to make his fury to uh, make an impact in the judge's mind? Again, that's all because of the the flawed scoring system. If the scoring system was different, if it was like, you know, the Japanese, I got to give it to them. They, there's no red tape in the scoring system. There's no red tape and um, um, uh, matchmaking. They, if they find a, if they see a problem, they fix it. They just do it. Unfortunately, in the United States, we got the the California Commission, the Nevada State Athletic Commission, you got to fucking have a vote, you got to sit people down, and you got to make all it's It's so impossible to make any kind of changes. You know, it sucks. But um, there's so much red tape and so much bullshit. But in Japan, they just, if they see a problem, they fix it. If they see some improve, improvements that can be made, they make them. If they see a match that needs to be made, they make it. You know, and I, that's one. That's one thing I like about the Japanese cultures. They just make shit happen. They don't. They don't have all the all this red tape that they have to get through and cut through to make it happen. So, you know, we got some problems in the scoring system, and uh, uh, fortunately, most of the time, that scoring system doesn't come into play. Someone gets knocked out, or someone gets submitted, or someone gets dominated for you know most of the fight. So, most of the time, it doesn't matter. So, but, you know, we got to fix it. I mean, there's got to, for anybody to say that the scoring system is perfect and doesn't need to be changed, they're foolish yet. How do you feel about the current state of Japanese mixed martial arts with, uh, I believe it's the K-1 organization, they're bringing back Yoshihiro Akiyama and uh, Kid Yanamoto, who were stars a couple years ago, but uh, we're kind of resurrecting those guys. Do you feel that those uh, two guys are the future of the, mixed martial arts business in Japan, or is, um, how do you feel about the state of it over in Japan? You're talking about Kid Yamamoto and who? Uh, Akiyama. Akiyama, the, the man, uh, you know? Yes, yes. Good old well, Greg. You know, you know, Kid Yamamoto is, you know, he's a 145-pounder, and there's no weight class in the UFC for Kid Yamamoto. He'd have to blow up to 55. You know, and that would, you know, that would definitely um, hinder him in his performance for sure. Because at 45, he's unstoppable. He's like, whoo, Scott. He's like a, like Chuck Liddell at 45. You know, he's got hard to take down. Um, you know, he's got even better wrestling than Chuck, really. And he's got some serious power in his hands. So, at 45. Kid Yamamoto is gonna nearly impossible to beat, really, and he would he would have to you know jump into the WEC to make a name for himself in the states. Faber. Really, and you know Faber, what you know against money. Faber, yeah, that's money, 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 money. Yeah, that, but that they they need to pull out all the stops to have that headline WEC's first pay per view. Um, you know what? And, and exactly, fight. and you know I talk to Faber quite often, and and every time we talk about his upcoming, you know, fight prospects. He always talks about wanting to fight Kid Yamamoto. Um, oh, Uriah Faber is not ducking Kid Yamamoto. He wants him bad. He wants to test himself amongst the best. And I think that's, at 45, there is no better fight than Kid Yamamoto and, and Uriah Faber. And hopefully, man, 
That would be awesome if WC is WC going to do a pay per view. Is that what you hear? Is that what's going on? Eventually, eventually that and would the, be the, the shit. Like they, the the talk is they they want to um they want to build up WEC to not well not to directly compete with UFC, but they want to do you know interpromotional type fights, which yeah, I don't I understand. Would, I, yeah, I mean, they should I, I would, because you know. If they compete, I would dump their wins, higher weight class. I would go with just the smaller weight classes for WEC. Why yeah. not? What would it hurt? Exactly. You know, I mean, there are 205 champions. What? Doug Marshall, I think. Who the fuck is Doug Marshall? But who is Paulio Filio, um, though? Nice. I mean, where would he be rank nice. against Anderson Silva, though? Be nice. Be nice. <laughs> what was his name? Doug I like Lug? Doug. Doug. I Lug? like Doug. He's cool. Okay, he's nice. But, um, that was all good. right. I'm okay. I'm gonna put you on the spot, Eddie. Okay. Oh no. On the 29th of March, out here in San Jose, we have Frank Shamrock and Kung Lee. I know okay. that they're gonna pack that house with eighteen thousand. Uh huh. Give me a winner. Damn. Damn. We the got fans. Other Kung, than the fans, we got we got Kung Lee who. Um, I mean, like Leota Machida, this Kung Lee is, is bringing some serious um, legitimacy to the Kung Fu martial arts. Five Animal, Kung Gar Kung Fu, Wing Chun. Look at Kung Lee pulling out all the Kung Fu. You know what I mean? So, and there's 75 million Kung Fu practitioners out there. So Kung Lee's got like the weight of the world behind him, you know? I like Kung Lee. I like seeing all those crazy kids. I'm a big fan of Kung Fu. I hope it works. I hope it works out. I hope he pulls out them crushing kicks and all that shit. I'm I'm down for that. Anybody that does, you know, you know, spinning back fists and and crazy, you know, axe kicks and all that. I love that shit. I'm down for Kung Lee. I'm a big Kung Lee fan. Um, can he beat Frank Shamrock? Damn, that's gonna that's gonna be such a great fight. Damn, I, I don't know. You know, Frank Shamrock. I thought maybe he was outdated. I really did. I was one of the many fans out there that thought he was outdated and he hadn't been, in, you know, he hadn't been mixing it up with uh, the elite of MMA for a while. But what he did to Phil Baroni, God damn, God damn! I've never seen any. Yeah, I've never seen anybody point at their opponent, then do the nap like the nappy nap like nighty night sign to him, like I'm going to sleep, and then knock him out. I've never seen anybody do that. That was like something if you put in a movie, you wouldn't even believe it. You would shut the movie. You'd walk out of that goddamn movie and throw the popcorn at the screen. You're like, this shit it doesn't happen in MMA. But you know what? It did happen. It did happen. Frank Shamrock did point at Phil Baroni, give him the nighty-night sign. He gave him the, the lullaby sign, and he put him to sleep, and he, and he jacked him. So you know what? I got a whole new respect for Frank Shamrock. That guy is incredible. I'm mean, goddamn. He's a, you know, a lot of people don't like his attitude, but fuck, that guy is an unbelievable and fighter. I think, I think Frank Shamrock is going to be Lee. You know, I really do. I think Frank Shamrock is, is, uh, is. Who knows? I could be wrong. I'm just, I'm bullshitting. I'm just saying. He, oh, yeah. I think he's going to beat opinions, him. Just baby. Yeah, just opinions, but it could be totally wrong. I, you know, I'm down for all that kung fu, and you know what? I'm rooting for the kung fu. I'm rooting for the hunkar. I'm rooting for the praying mantis. I'm rooting for the monkey, the drunken monkey. I totally am. I want that to win. But Frank Shamrock is a bad motherfucker. That guy's a super athlete. 
He's got that Muay Thai down. His submissions are really good. I don't really know how, how good Kung, Kung Lee's. Uh, can I call him Kung Fu? I don't really don't know how good <laughs> Kung Fu's submissions are. But God damn, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm so pumped up for that fight. It's going to be amazing. Kung Fu versus Frank Shamrock is going to be out of control. Are you coming up for the fight? Maybe. Maybe I'll fucking fly up there for that one. You know, if I can you get should. some good seats. All right. Is, are you guys you guys live up there? Well, where are you guys from? I I live outside San Francisco, and my co-host. Oh is, shit! Uh, you're already up there. Yeah. So if so I can, come on up, if, dude. We'll we'll be yeah, man, would love we'll be tailgating in the uh, we'll be tailgating in the parking lot, man. We'll have beer, buds, cool, and cool. Uh, steaks. I live in San Diego. Cool. That's a little bit of a drive for me. <laughs> a bit. Cool, man. Yeah, okay. It. Speaking of, you brought up a name, Leona Machida. Um, apparently, Tito Ortiz, uh, from what I understand, has agreed to fight Leoto. How do you feel Tito Ortiz m- matches up with Leoto Machida? And then if you had a I think, winner, who would you say? I think Tito Ortiz is a phenomenal athlete. I think his cardio is crazy. I think he could, if he wanted to do the Tour de France, I think Tito Ortiz can be top five in the world. His cardio is crazy. He's got to, like, his head is so huge. His brains have got to be out of control. He's a smart motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? You know what I'm uh, saying? Anybody with a head that big got to be smart. He's probably like a genius. You know what I'm saying? Got all them brains. <laughs> but, but, Leota Machida, god damn. That guy's learning how to pass the guard and submit fools. That's something Tito Ortiz hasn't, done, hasn't even thought about doing. Tito Ortiz doesn't try to pass the guard and submit anybody. But Leota Machida, he's passing the guard like a samurai fucking kung fu master. And he's submitting dude. What he did to Houston Alexander. Or was it not Houston Ooh. Alexander? Uh, 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 so could you. Look what he did to him. I get those two dudes confused. I'm sorry. Both dudes are like, you know, flashes in the pan. <laughs> but anyways, I get confused. But anyways, the way Leota Machida passed that guard and finished, dude. Oh, my God. That just proves that he's, he's evolving. And he's respecting the pass. And he's respecting the finish. I haven't really seen that from Tito. You know what I mean? I haven't really seen that. And Tito is, a, Tito is like a Michael Jordan-type athlete. That motherfucker probably could run a marathon. You know what I mean? That dude could probably, you know, he could probably do a triathlon. Tito Ortiz finished top 10 in triathlons in the world. But he doesn't like to pass the guard and he doesn't like to finish. So I'm going with Leota Machida to, you know, to put Tito out. That's the way I see it. But I the, like the Tito. Thing- I like the the thing my problem with Tito is he has not evolved. Exactly. No, it's been fifteen that. years, man. Pass a guard. What are you doing? Well, the thing is, it's what's going to make it an interesting fight is I see that Tito is going to control the pace, and he's going to push it to Leota. That's the problem with other people when they were in there with him. They would not push him. They would not push the pace. They allow him to be be his slow and plodding type of style, but no one is pushing the action. But that's exactly. what I'm going to see from Tito doing, and then it will. I think Machida's going to take him out, but and that is going to show and show uh, Leota that this is what he needs to do to advance. Yes, I agree. You know, he needs to not put people to sleep, per se. The, yes. the regular fan out there. I'm, I'm not saying I more of the technical. Alex? 
Yes. You still there, brother? Or are you sleeping? Oh, uh, uh, I'm here. I'm I'm, still... Is Alex sleeping? Come on, man, wake up. <laughs> well, this is an important interview. Yes, it is. I'm trying to drop some knowledge. Okay, it looks like Brock Lesnar's next fight after Vegas will be in England. God damn, against who? Uh, no opponent announced, and it's rumored to be on the 14th of June. Damn, they're already looking past Frank Mir? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. They have Frank uh-huh. Mir shining. I mean, Mir's... Okay, you say there's a, there's a puncher's chance. I think that uh, Mir has a submission fighter's chance. Because on the way down, I think so. I he think could he grab has... something on the way down. He might. He might, you know. No. That's Frank Mir. He's... Frank Mir has incredible submissions. I just, I just hope that he can get past, you know, the first, the first Power. round without gassing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just, that's it. That's his problem. It's always been his problem. His, um, you know, his gas and his cardio. I, I, I I'm one of Frank Mir's biggest fans ever. There's no bigger fan of Frank Mir than me. But you can't ignore the fact that he gasses and he gets tired and. And I hope he gets over that, and I hope, you know, he has, he's in incredible shape for this fight. You know, Brock Lesnar is no fucking joke. Have you seen his neck? That guy has, his Ugh. neck is 78 pounds. They weighed it, just his traps. They weighed his traps, 78 pounds, each one. Each one. Oh, That's wow. 175 pounds, both traps. Think about that. He's Think scary. About oh, wow. Brock scares Yeah, and he's got that. He's got that big knife tattoo on the middle of his, his chest. I mean, what are, you, what are you supposed to do with that? You know what I mean? You can't armbar that knife. What are you going to do? Well, we're talking about Brock. Do you think he's the future of the UFC heavyweight division? I think so. I really do. I do, too. If he, really if, do. If he can get past Frank Mir, yes, he is. That is, a, that is a giant version of Sean Shirk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's like Sean Shirk is a... Uh, there's Brock Lesnar, and then there's Mini Me. That's Sean Shirk. Mm-hmm. Sean Shirk is Mini Me. I would love. How do you feel about the main event? Hold on. How do I feel about what? Okay, Brock Lesnar and Tim Sylvia. Give me a winner. Oh damn! I'm gonna go with Brock Lesnar. I would call him Lesnar because it sounds better than Lesnar, and I hope he doesn't get pissed off. But Lozner is way cooler than Lesnar, so I think Brock Lozner is going to crush Tim Sylvia, and I love Tim Sylvia. He's one of my boys. I love Tim Sylvia. He's so, he's so nice and tall and sexy, but Brock Lozner, have you seen his traps? I told you his traps weigh 78 pounds each. Huge, you guys are man. listening to me, aren't you? Oh, of course. Oh, you guys see that? There's some WWE pictures where his traps look like like his traps look like Vitor Belfort's traps on steroids. <laughs> Jeez. You know what I'm talking what about? What happened to Vitor Belfort? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if Vitor Belfort's traps, the traps he had against Randy Couture in his first fight? Can you imagine if Vitor Belfort's traps in his first fight with Randy Couture were, were on roids? That's what oh, Brock Lozner looks like. Now before I get to uh, before I ask your opinions on the uh, No Gear uh, Tim Sylvia fight, how do you feel about uh, the match that No Gear had with Heath Herring, and do you feel that fight should have been stopped after that kick to the face? 
You know what? After that kick to the face, I thought, you know, it, maybe it should have been stopped, but I'm glad it, it wasn't stopped because it was proven that Nogueira was able to go on and finish the fight, and I'm glad it wasn't stopped. But damn, when he got kicked in the head, it looked like Horajuga and Nogueira was partying on, like, the island of Ibiza, and they had, like, some rays <laughs> on Ibiza, and he was just going off, and he was on, like, nine hits of ecstasy. That's what it looked like. It looked like Nogueira was partying hard and didn't know where the fuck he was. But you know what? It proved that I was wrong because he kept going and he ended up winning the fight. So, you know, I'm glad they didn't stop the fight. I, I think he's daring because a lot of people gave his parents uh, crap for not pressing the fight after uh, Nogueira was on the ground. But I think that shows how much uh, his parents respect Nogueira's ground game because Nogueira submitted, I mean, you want to talk about dangerous guard. Uh, Nogueira definitely has one of the most dangerous guards in the game. And I think Heath Herring was kind of hesitant to want to go to the ground with Nogueira, even if Nogueira was an altered state. Yeah, you you heard Mark Lehman in his corner yelling at Heath Herring not to go to the ground. So it's obvious that they respected Nogueira's guard so much that even though Nogueira was hurt, that they didn't want him they didn't want him going to the guard at all. Right. Okay. So pick a winner. Uh, Nogueira. Say that again? Uh, who, do, who do you think is going to win the fight, Tim Sylvia or uh, Nogueira? Didn't they already fight? No, no they're fighting on, on the same the card that Frank Mir and Brock Lesnar. Damn. Damn. Okay. I'm all confused. I thought we were talking about, oh, no, we are talking about Heath Herring and Nogueira. Okay. Oh, we are talking yeah. about Nogueira and Tim Sylvia. I think, you yeah. know what? My, my heart is with Nogueira. I love Nogueira to death. Um, but I'm going to... I'll put my money on Tim Sylvia. I think Tim Sylvia is going to pull this out. He likes pulling out upsets. He's so tall and got his, his arms are so long. I think, I think uh, Tim Sylvia is going to pull this one out. But I'm pulling for Nogueira, but Tim Sylvia is a bad motherfucker. Okay, and then uh, the, the next big pay-per-view after that is March 1st, and then uh, it's Anderson Silva against Dan Henderson. And in my opinion, go- if anybody in this world can beat Anderson Silva, I think it's Dan Henderson. But, uh, you know what? I, 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 love Anderson to, I love Anderson Silva to death. And if we were in junior high school, I would walk him to class and hold his books. I love Anderson <laughs> Silva. I really do. I would. I would fight for him. But if I had to put my money on the fight, I'm going to put it on Dan Henderson. Because that motherfucker, that guy's been throwing people around since he was two. And I think that, like you said, he's the only guy out there that it's a lock, almost a lock to beat Edison. So he's so tough. He's got an amazing right hand. And, you know, his wrestling is crazy. And I don't think Edison Silva's going to be able to control him in the clinch. But what do I know? I don't know anything. I'm just guessing. But I'm guessing that Dan Henderson's going to jack him. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a, that's a very good prediction. <laughs> but okay, I love Alex. Anderson Silva. Um, I, love I need him. you to cover, I need you to cover the show and go help my wife bring up some groceries. So I'll be back in a few minutes. So you continue with your questioning. Okay. <laughs> okay, dokie. Okay. See, we're on the air, but real life still goes on too. So. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Anderson Silva, uh, so Dan Henderson beats Anderson Silva. Um, ha- that's what I'm still, guessing. Right. Okay, so uh, 
Do you feel that if Anderson Silva were to make it past Dan Henderson, in your opinion, is there anyone else viable that could uh, beat Anderson Silva? And what do you think it takes to beat Anderson Silva? Because a lot of people have tried to stand with him. It's not worked. A lot of people have tried to take him to the ground, and that's not worked. So how do you, think if you were going in there with Anderson Silva, how would you design the game plan? I think it's going to take some Russian that won the gold medal in, uh, in wrestling to take him down and pound him. That's it. It's got to be the ultimate wrestler on the planet that just keeps taking him down and pounds him. That's the only guy that's going to beat him. I don't think anybody's going to be able to stand and beat him at 185, but there might be a, a couple guys out there at 185 that'll fuck up Anderson Silva and maybe make him try to work on his wrestling. I mean, I mean, is it possible that Anderson Silva is the best striker on the planet at 185? Is that even possible? I'm sure there's a couple of guys out there. Maybe some guy from the Congo or some shit, or maybe some guy from India, some Shaolin yoga dude who has crazy striking. I don't know. Um, but either some gold medalist wrestler from Russia or from the Ukraine or from Estonia or some K1 striker at 185 from Burma. That's it. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Um, now, speaking of Russia... Um, I'm I'm very upset that uh, I'm not able to see uh, Fedor Emelianenko fight on a regular basis. Um, do you feel that now that Fedor's not fighting regularly, that maybe he's lost some of his uh, his ability because he was fighting semi regularly there for Pride? And then uh, how do you feel that Fedor really ranks a- among the world because uh, a lot of the fights that he was given weren't necessarily top class guys? And I speak of people like the son of Zulu and stuff like that. Well, he Fedor no doubt has fought a, a bunch of crazy dudes, but mm-hmm. like circus freaks. But Fedor has also fought all the top motherfuckers like Crow Cop and Nogara and that big Hong Chong Choi dude from Korea that's like nine foot tall. He killed everybody. He killed Mark Coleman twice. Fucked up Kevin Randleman. Fedor is number one on the planet. I don't give a shit. He, Fedor is the Marcelo Garcia of MMA. Mm. Okay. And then also, uh, back to the February uh, 1st uh, UFC card, there's a, there's a fight that had been announced, I think, a couple of weeks ago, Jeremy Horn against Nate Marquardt. How do you see that fight going, and then who do you see winning it? I see, I see Nate Marquardt overpowering Jeremy Horn. Nope. He's got some big legs. He's so strong. I think he's just going to overpower Jeremy Horn. Jeremy Horn doesn't look like he's lifted a weight in his whole life, and he's just like me. I'm weak, like a little girl, and Jeremy Horn doesn't seem so strong, you know. Nate Marquardt, buff. Look at them damn shoulders. He's looking all strong, looking like an NFL football player. You know? I mean, I'm going to go with Nate Marquardt. Although I think Jeremy Horn is awesome, you know, because I think I love Jeremy Horn because he's like one of three people on the planet that have that has a bigger head than I do. So I root for him. Oh, boy. So what is the sickest submission you've ever seen in an MMA fight? Um, The sickest submission I've ever seen in an MMA fight? Probably, damn. Ooh. You know what? For sure. No doubt. It just came to me. Gary motherfucking Goodridge, 1995, UFC, whatever, when he wore that... Gee, he was mm-hmm. kook swooled one, and he got 
um, Paul Herrera and that, that crucifix where he fucked him up so bad that they didn't even show the replay. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes, back in the day. Gary Goodridge, Kuk Suwan, back in the day with the Gi, Paul Herrera, that is the craziest submission ever. No one even can come close. Well, what, what are your feelings? What, what what are your feelings on Nick Diaz, considering uh, he I used Gogo uh, go Plata to beat Gomi? I think Nick Diaz is the most awesomest pothead MMA fighter on the planet. I I love that kid. Um, we were we lived in the same neighborhood for a few years when I was younger. Did he ever he, did he ever pull a drive by at your house? No, no. He was ever younger. He was like seven or seven or eight. He was this dirty little kid. You know, he was one of those kids. He that was, was just a dirty little dirty. kid. That's me. And he had this he had this huge head. His head was huge as a child. And I was like, okay, and this even kid as a little kid, a, he had a big head. Just and you I, made I fun of him. He was just a dork, but look what he blossomed into. One hell of a fighter. It's, it just shows you you can't judge a book by its cover. <clears throat> yeah, Nick is uh, one of my favorite fighters. He's always exciting to watch. And So uh, let's get into some technical questions here. Um, how did you develop the rubber guard? Ed? Ed? Okay, let's get Alex back on here. Okay. Uh, Alex, are you on? Yeah, I'm here. Did we lose Mr. Bravo? Okay. Eddie, are you on? Okay, I think we may have lost Eddie. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to hang him up, and he should call back in. Oh, here we go. Uh, are you there? Yeah, I got you, Ed. I, I dropped you. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Okay. Um, so my question was, how did you develop the rubber guard? Oof, how did I develop the rubber guard? Um, lots of weed mm. and mushrooms. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can't fault the guy for being honest. Yeah. Yeah. It couldn't have, it wouldn't have never happened without the weed. Oh, you know. We, we here at Rubber Guard Radio, we do support uh, Proposition 420. So, <clears throat> I'm in the Marine but, uh, Corps, so I can't support that. <laughs> well, you'll well, be I out in the Marine Corps. That's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah, well, we're running down on. Uh, okay, go ahead. We're running down on time, so I'm going to give okay. you the office the opportunity to plug whatever you need to plug. Okay, beautiful. I'm going to plug. Um, MMA.TV, Keurig Genesis is the bad motherfucker. You know, that guy is running shit. MMA.TV. And I'm going to plug my MySpace, um, myspace.com slash the twister. You know, hook it up. Friend request me. But don't ask me no stupid questions. You know, that's it. I'm, I'm kidding. You can ask me a stupid question. <laughs> I, like so, I might not answer you, but... Do you frequent the underground? Fuck yeah. The underground is shit. MMA.TV, that's where everybody goes for the latest MMA updates and news. Cool. Well, we may as well plug your boy's site, too. 
JoeRogan.com. Go out of your way jo- to see net. live. JoeRogan.net. .net. Oh, .net. JoeRogan.com right. is some real estate site. Oh, that's right. <laughs> or something that's right. like that. Oh, right. you know what? Maybe he bought JoeRogan.com. Maybe he did and he changed that. I, I don't know. Maybe. You could be right. But JoeRogan.net will for sure get you to a site. Tremendous. Well, Eddie, thanks for coming on and, and shooting the shit with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. It was an, it was an awesome experience. Cool. Um, if you're going to head up here for Kung Lee Shamrock, hit me a message on MySpace, brother. We'll get together. We'll um, partake in awesome. and awesome. eat some steaks and whatnot. So, okay, cool, man. Thank again, you very uh, much. Not a problem. Awesome. Thanks for coming on, brother, and we will talk to you soon. Okay. Okay, dude. Thanks, See you later, man. Thank you. Alrighty, Alex. That was an awesome interview. <laughs> that was fun. That yeah. was fun. It's it's it's. It's kind of like for me, um, if you've seen Blade Runner, when these these androids they go back to Earth and they find their creator, I kind of get that feeling right now with with Eddie Bravo. Um, be, I mean, I even ra- uh, named my radio show after his after his uh, techniques and whatnot. I've I've always loved his his grappling and and those of you that would like to uh, see his instructional videos, they're they're available on his MySpace. So um, I would definitely, definitely, definitely check those out. Um, like I said, I watch them, and I'm, I'm a fan, dude. I mean, I'm not a fighter. I'm not a, a grappler. I just watch them, you know, so to familiarize myself with, you know, with jujitsu, so that, you know, I'm, I'm not an, an idiot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I totally understand that. I, I took six months of uh, jiu-jitsu at a local gym around here just because uh, I am a, such a big fan of MMA that uh, I wanted to, you know, be able to know what was going on when they were on the ground, and uh, I can totally understand that. All right, well, we have we have a couple, about five minutes before Coughlin's going to call in, so um, I'm going to pay the bills, dude. I'm going to play a shitload of commercials. <laughs> That's cool with me. Okay, let's start off with, here, this will make Jeff happy. It's now a word from our sponsor. Are you looking for action figures, pro wrestling books, pro wrestling gear, title belts, music CDs, t-shirts, replica belts, wrestling DVDs, wrestling masks, wrestling rings? If so, please visit WrestleWarehouse.com. Wrestle Warehouse will be able to help you with all of your pro wrestling needs and make sure that you tell them that KZ from Rubberguard Radio sent you. Gotta love this drop board. seems to stick on 420, I have the radio show for you. It's called the Peace Pipe Hour with your host, Ben Jordan, and a friend of the show, Vito Tomasello. You can find information about their show at www.intherotation.com, and they also stream live on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com backslash retro jerk.
California area and you have a love of pro wrestling, we have the promotion just for you. It's called Fog City Wrestling. Fog City had their debut show to a sold-out house in January, and it was one hell of a show. And we give the Rubber Guard Radio seal of approval for that show. Fog City's next show will be on March 8th in San Francisco. Make your plans now. Visit their website, www.fogcitywrestling.com. And when you're there, say hi to KZ. Are you looking for hard-hitting, high-flying, independent pro wrestling action? If so, your search is over. The superstars of Elite Pro Wrestling will give you just that. Elite Pro is proud to present Elite TV, which airs at 10 p.m. Central Time, Friday nights, 30 minutes, on Comcast Cable Channel 19 in the Chicagoland area. Elite TV also streams live on their website, www.eliteprowrestling.com, at 10 p.m. Central Time on Fridays. This show gets the stamp of approval from the Rubber Guard Radio crew, and I strongly suggest you go out and support superstars of Elite Pro Wrestling. Alrighty, if you want to contact us here at Rubber Guard Radio, you can do so at myspace.com backslash rubberguardradio, um, or you can even hit me up at my personal email, kidzombie2000 at aol.com. Uh, if you'd like to give me feedback or come on the show or, or you know, pretty much say, hey, asshole, how's it going? Um, yeah, hit me up. Uh, also, don't forget my sponsor, WrestleWarehouse.com. Alex, would you like to plug anything? Um, my MySpace, www.myspace.com, backslash CM Saint. And if you're in the Southern California area, March 15th, New Way for Wrestling will be running a show. Uh, come check it out. Come by. KZ will be there in the front row. <laughs> That's right. I'm packing up the family heading south. Go to the zoo and going to go to SeaWorld. And also we'll go and see that, that character. Yeah, it'll be a good show. It's, it's looking like it's going to turn out to be a pretty good show. Cool. Um, are they bringing in any outside talent? Um, any, um, I don't, I don't want to give too much until New Wave officially releases it or whatever, but, uh, not, not necessarily outside talent, but, uh, some faces that you haven't seen yet in New Wave Pro Wrestling. So it, it should be, a, and some, uh, good matches are going to put you together between faces you have seen in New Wave, and, uh, it, it should be a, so it should be a really good night. I'm really looking forward to it if everything comes together, but even if everything doesn't come together, um, I know. That, I mean, the past two New Wave shows uh, have been really fun. I actually got a copy of the first two shows, and uh, on, on DVD they're they're pretty they're they're real good shows. So I uh, suggest come check them out. That's cool. That's that's good. It's good to see that you guys are um, getting your things together. And and uh, how'd you guys draw? Oh wow. Um, the, the official ticket stuff hasn't been counted yet. I'd, I'd say about two fifty to three hundred, something like that. Uh, not not three hundred. That's kind of high, but uh, maybe two hundred to two fifty. We had a real real good turnout for both shows. Very so we're gonna do it again March fifteenth, and uh, it'll be a good time. So everybody come check us out. Tremendous. We are uh, we are waiting for Mr. Coughlin to call in. Well, you already went down. 
the two uh, major news stories that broke for MMA today. So, <laughs> well, we can ask Dolphin what his opinions on them are as well, you know, because uh, everyone has different opinions. Yeah, of course. Well, that that's what makes makes discussions and conversations fun, as opposed to flame wars. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's different to flame people, but you know, it's it's pretty cool when you actually have an interesting on-topic type of discussion, which you know we get sometimes on the Figure Four board. Sometimes there's flaming too. But since I'm at it, f4wonline.com, uh, 7.99 a month. Come out, join the empire. All the audio you can throw a stick at, and then some. And they have a crazy board too. So, Alex and myself, members of the. What's up? I'm just happy that mixed martial arts is getting a lot more uh, mainstream exposure than I hope for uh, continued throughout the next year. Well, I first got into mixed martial arts because I grew up a wrestling fan, and uh, when Ken Shamrock got signed to uh, WWE. Then uh, they were showing a lot of his UFC fight footage. And, in fact, the actual the fight footage that I first saw that made me want to check out a UFC show was uh, his fight from UFC 9 against Dan Severn. And after I saw that fight, <laughs> if I would have saw that fight first, I might not have became a mixed martial arts fan. Because if you remember that fight, all they did was circle each other and fight for maybe five minutes of the entire thing. But uh, I, the first show I checked out was UFC 6. And uh, that was an amazing, amazing show to start out with. And just seeing the evolution of the fighters, from at the time when Mark Coleman was the most dominant heavyweight in the world, to seeing the evolution of Frank Shamrock when he was just destroying the UFC class, and uh, to where it is today with uh, the 155ers who are, you know, have all the skills in the world and have all the cardio and endurance in the world. I mean, just to think that uh, a couple of years ago that fighters of that caliber would be around today is just amazing to me. And it's really exciting to see uh, where the sport's going to go. And then with a uh, that's why it got me so interested by Eddie Bravo and his beliefs about uh, no jiu-jitsu because that can be taught at a, a younger age. I mean, the evolution of the fighters, I mean, <laughs> we might not need tanks to fight wars anymore, you know, just send some MMA guys out there, and then uh, we might be able to go take care of them, you know. True that. True that. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you on the 55ers. That's the hottest division in in MMA. I mean, it's just... The, just the fighters that they have, you know, you, you see that they're gonna they're they're gonna have a 155 pound fight. You know it's money, and I'm I may be partial to Clay Guida, but he is you know he's he's up there. He may not have won as many fights, but he's still up there because he brings it and 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 your boy doesn't stop. He yeah. does not stop. And I'm happy Dana White, even though he comes from a boxing background is able to understand the importance of someone bringing an exciting fight because as, as much as UFC has infiltrated the mainstream, there still is, a, uh, you know, Brian posts a lot of columns by a lot of people saying very uh, outdated beliefs that they have on uh, Ultimate Fighting Championships and mixed martial arts. And, um, the, you know, unfortunately, MMA and UFC isn't as infiltrated into the mainstream as it, I, I believe it should be. And then... Uh, Dana White understands that, you know, if two guys go out there and they put on an exciting fight, that those are guys you want to keep around. And uh, a lot of the guys who may be, you know, technically sound and technically good, who might not offer you that uh, that good fight, Andre Olofsky, um, <laughs> those guys aren't usually kept around. But there was one what time when Olofsky was in a – what's that? Nothing. Never mind. Orlovsky at one time, though, he was a real exciting fighter. I remember when uh, 
I always thought he was a little overrated, though, because unfortunately, I mean, uh, not unfortunately necessarily, but UFC is oftentimes considered mixed martial arts to people. And a lot of the non-hardcore fans, when Orlovsky was making his rise to the heavyweight division, believed him to be the number one fighter in the world, and that's what I have to bust out my pride DVD and educate him, you know, to no Gieras and the Crow Cops, and then uh, eventually the Fedors. Uh, it was amazing at that time in Pride when a heavyweight would debut and be totally dominant. You would say, you know, that guy's the number one fighter in the world. And then the next year, the next Pride show, you see, you know, Fedor just ultimately, just, you know, destroy someone, and you say, oh, no, it's that guy that's number one. And then, unfortunately, I mean, with the pride inclusion in the UFC, the fighters either, you know, they haven't fought to the caliber of what they're fighting in pride, maybe because they're, they've gotten a little bit older or for whatever reason. But uh, pride, during 2005, 2006, that was some uh, amazing stuff, 2004. Uh, pride was definitely the, the premier mixed martial arts organization. And then, unfortunately, a lot of – because I have a lot of fans who didn't follow as closely as I do – and they see the Pride Fighters come over, and a lot of them getting whooped by the traditional UFC fighters, and they don't believe all the hype that was behind Pride. But uh, if you're just uh, getting into mixed martial arts and you want to study where the sport came from, go ahead and pick up some of those older Pride DVDs that are still being circulated through Amazon.com or whatever. And then uh, yeah, they're Netflix. off the Shit, you can get them on Netflix, kids. Oh, can you? Oh, yeah. Where do you – never mind. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just, uh, some sad news today for, uh, the entertainment world. Heath Ledger was found dead in, in his hotel room. That's unfortunate. Yeah, that's a son of a bitch. They said that the drugs are maybe involved, and that really sucks, because, uh, I loved Heath Ledger. He was really good. Have they, have they said how that's going to affect the, uh, the new Batman movie? It's done. It's completed. Oh, okay. So it won't affect that at all? No. Well, that's unfortunate. That that's the thought that came, to, the first thought that came to a lot of people's minds. But it it came to my mind at first, you know, because uh, seeing some of the the trailers and the clips from that movie, that looks like that's going to be phenomenal. Yep, I have to agree. But yeah, that's a shame. Lose another one young. Yes. Well, back to some of the uh, what are, what you know, we oftentimes go over what's our favorite periods in wrestling, our favorite times in a particular promotion. What is your favorite time in mixed martial arts, Casey? 2007. Oh, this current year? Yeah, 2000 to this past year, yeah, 2007, yeah. If you could you put guys, together any 205 fight right now, who would you put in there? 205? Uh-huh. Okay, let's see. All right, you got me thinking here. Um, Vanderlei Silva... And Rampage. Mandalay Silva and Rampage. Who do you think would be yeah. the, the winner in that one? I think Rampage would take him out. Oh, wow. In the, in the UFC? Now, if they're finding yeah. a ring and under pride rules, who do you think would win? Vanderlei. Vanderlei. Mm-hmm. Vanderlei. Vanderlei is a different fighter without the ground, without the ground strikes. He's a Has there been any word on a... Has there any been, been any word? This would be a good question to ask Coughlin, but uh, unfortunately it seems like uh, Mauricio Shogun who has been kind of been forgotten about after his loss to Forrest Griffin, and I wonder what uh, UFC plans are going to be with him because uh, he was a very phenomenal fighter in pride, and then unfortunately that one loss with uh, 
Forrest Griffin's kind of put him on the way, way back burner. And I would like to see him uh, really test his merits against some of the, the 205 guys that they have. Word word has it that uh, he'll be on the March show. Okay, the Dan Henderson, uh, Antonio Silva, uh, I mean uh, Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva, yeah. Okay. Okay, we're wait, waiting on Coughlin to call in here. He's uh, <laughs> nine minutes late. Is you know. He might be asleep. Them Delaware boys. <laughs> no, he's not from Delaware. He's from where, he's where is Chicago. Coughlin from? He's Chicago. Chicago, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, he's with uh, Keith yeah, well, how do you see the Japanese mixed martial arts scene currently? Because, uh, you know, like I, I posed the question to uh, Eddie Bravo, but uh, it seems like uh, the, the K-1 organization with the heroes and the Uranaka, which I believe was co-promoted by K-1, it seems like they're pulling a lot of uh, rabbits out of the hat, trying to uh, maybe make Kim Yamamoto a little bit more marketable, and then uh, Yoshihiro Akiyama. Do you think that's the future of uh, MMA in Japan, or do you just see it as dead? I think it's dead. That um, is unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know the thing is though, MMA in Japan was was not just Pride and K1. There's all kinds of smaller indie uh indie leagues there. Uh mm-hmm. Deep is one of them. There there is a lot a lot of MMA there. So No, Pancras used to filter up a lot of fighters as well. And that's yeah. not traditional mixed martial arts, but uh, it used to filter up a lot of fighters. BTS, there's all kinds of them. There's, um, and those were what what happened was Pride would use those as their feeding system, as as their yeah. minor league, you know, and they would bring guys up like that. That's what that's what I think the, well, no, I think the WEC should be separate for for lighter weight guys, and I think mm-hmm. that uh, UFC should bring. Another promotion that would just be for the smaller up-and-coming guys, and they have to make their way up. I think that 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 type of a developmental, you know, OVW type type of thing would work, and I think it would be easier for Joe Silva to scout talent that way. Well, I think uh, their main, I think their main tool of uh, developing talent currently is uh, through the Ultimate Fighter program, because a lot of the fighters from smaller fight camps are able to go on there and make an impression on a Jeremy Horn, on a Matt Hughes, on a, a Randy Couture, and then get invited into those camps where they're able to strengthen their skills. So it's not necessarily like a developmental program. Because I don't think uh, as Dana White, uh, as the Ultimate Fighting uh, Championship, can set up a like an OVW for their fighters, but they can expose some fighters that they may see potential in through the Ultimate Fighter uh, program, and maybe they can get invited to one of the more elite fight camps in, in the country and then uh, that way they can develop the fighters because, you know, those fight camps directly have a, a feeding system into the Ultimate Fighting Championship. So I think there is a developmental system in place. I think it's just a little bit different than what you see in professional wrestling. Because in, in, unlike in professional wrestling, I mean, Ohio Valley is there to transition the guys from whatever wrestling style that they have learned and then adapt them to the, the WWE rings and then adapt them into the WWE style of working and then uh, you really can't do that for the UFC, you know. I mean, there's one, you know, because a, a lot of people, places across the country are now adapting the uh, UFC rules and stuff like that. So, I mean, a lot of guys are fighting under the same rules, the same st- type of structures. So uh, I think the only way to get better, you know, is to uh, train with, you know, some of the elite in the world. 
Yeah, I, I have to agree. I have to agree with you. Okay. I think it's unfortunate, though, that the Japanese business, and, and if you want to call it sports entertainment, has uh, taken such a down dip. I mean, it's something as little as I'm looking at the TNA Impact spoilers, and then I see that uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, the current IWGP champion, you know, this is a wrestling tie-in, but uh, he's fighting on a explosion when, uh, you know, TNA – they featured prominently there on their Global Impact show about the TNA stars going to Japan and how important that was. Joke. And then, uh, Alex, that's well, a joke. What's a joke? Them coming to Japan? They made a joke. They made a joke out of Nakamura. They did by putting them on the explosion. I, w- I mean, I don't. I, I'd have to wait to see it and see what they do with it. Which no, I know would be no, a TNA. No. They won't do it correctly, but uh, I wish they would have featured uh, Nakamura a little bit more prominently. I mean, for whatever reason, you know. But I mean, it just seems like that's a you know an important deal, and you want to talk about separation, that's something that WWE doesn't acknowledge. They don't really acknowledge uh, wrestling promotions from around the world, and that could definitely give TNA a little something that uh, WWE doesn't have, you know? Mm-hmm. I have to agree. Okay, we have about 45 minutes remaining, and it uh, doesn't look like Mr. Coughlin's calling in. I sent a private message to him, and uh, he's not responding, so... I guess it's you and me, pal, for 45 minutes. Okay, well, I just want to go on my further tirade of my rant about uh, Japanese uh, Japanese wrestling, Japanese mixed martial arts. I feel that America, um, in many ways, is behind Japan and uh, was for years in uh, the wrestling and in uh, the MMA. I think a lot of the the elite professional wrestlers uh, were in Japan because I believe that even to this day that uh, Japanese professional wrestlers and their upbringing through the dojos, I think that... uh, it's more strict and rigid, and that uh, it produces a better quality of wrestler. And then uh, with the mixed martial arts fighters, I mean, uh, they were able to, because in Japan, the uh, the promo didn't matter as much as, you know, the, the fighters' ability. I mean, obviously the Japanese fighters were uh, the more draws in Japan, but uh, Japan Pride was also really good about bringing the best international fighters along and then uh, making stars out of them. Now, I can't. I can't back up my claims with any numbers because I, I don't know what uh, pie rates were when Fedor was on top or when Noguera was on top, but I think it's just unfortunate to the American scene that uh, Japan isn't as strong as what it was because I think America got a lot of cues from Japan. And even as so far as today that uh, you look at a company like Ring of Honor and they're directly influenced by what's going on currently in Japan. I have to agree with you on that. Well, it's 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 a shame that the TNA doesn't, you know, use the international workers the way that you know they should be. I mean, it, it, it's Vince Russo. I mean, he is such a racist. You know, he, he <laughs> seriously, come on, look at the crap he put yeah, on right. WCW. You oh, know, yeah. with the with the the tequila on a yeah tequila on a pole match. What the fuck is that? I mean, that's bullshit racism. You know, and it's not, and it, okay, I, I, I am a Caucasian, I am white, and that hurts my feelings. Okay, <laughs> I am offended by it. I, I don't know what the hell that guy's doing. I, I'm waiting for someone to, you know, shoot him outside the impact zone. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if it happened. It's unfortunate that, uh, for whatever reason, uh, TNA, they're creative and, uh, they're creative because uh, TNA's never had a strong creative product. And then even when there was a chance for TNA to 
when they first got the Spike TV deal because it's evident that Spike TV is very behind professional wrestling, and then that Spike TV feels that if they have strong professional wrestling program and with the inclusion of a strong mixed martial arts program because uh, the crossover audience is undeniable that uh, they can have a very, very strong network with that niche. And uh, I don't think TNA has been holding up to their part of the deal at all because if you look at when the first time UFC got inclusion on Spike TV and from when TNA was first brought on Spike TV, UFC has done nothing but grow. Well, uh, they've dipped down a lot of their ratings because they had the raw lead-in for the first season of Ultimate Fighter, and the, the ratings have dipped. But uh, UFC's uh, success on Spike TV is unquestionable, and TNA's not success on Spike TV I think is also unquestionable. I mean, uh, it's unfortunate because they have they have such a strong ability to be able to cater to something that the WWE fan base isn't able to get because TNA allows their workers to go out there and work a style that uh, you're not going to see in WWE. And for better or for worse, I mean, it's totally different. And uh, the fact that they won't capitalize on that instead of bringing in uh, a lot of guys who are from WWE who are oftentimes washed up when they were in WWE and then brought in the TNA, I mean, you just have to question their brain trust, you know? Well, since uh, Mike has not called in yet, what the hell? We'll open the phone lines. We'll take phone calls from anybody. Area code 347-215-7946. 347-215-7946. Anybody out there listening on the stream and you got something to talk about, something to say? Uh, you want to plug something? You want to... Tell me how shitty of a of a host I am. That's fine. Call in. We have open lines. They'll be open for the next forty minutes. So, what the hell? We'll go that route. <laughs> well, I have to say, I was lucky enough to. I was in the Marine Corps. I was stationed for two years in uh, Iwakuni, Japan, and I was able to actually take a six-hour train ride up to Osaka and visit the Osaka Dome and be able to see a live Pride event. I was uh, there for the first round of the Open Way tournament. And so uh, that was an awesome, awesome show. And then uh, I was very fortunate for being able to see Pride in it, when it was still somewhat strong and uh, being able to see it in its homeland in Japan. I would love to cool. attend a wrestling event, but uh, they don't – I mean, they're marketing. They're, they definitely go up. They don't make it easy for the Americans to, to find it, you know. And it's, it's kind of hard, you know. That's, so – I did see a flyers for uh, one show, but that, that was about it. But uh, it seemed like Hiroshima, because Hiroshima was the nearest city to us. It was about a 10-minute train ride, and I didn't see that many shows going on in Hiroshima. It seemed like most of the shows were going down in Osaka and Tokyo, which were uh, six hours and 12 hours, respectively, from where I was stationed. So those weren't always uh, the easiest to go about and get to. But uh, I, I'm just very fortunate for being able to, to attend a Pride show live. Wow, not not many, not many gaijin say are able to say that. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's true, and we we use that to our full ability. Like uh, the pride show, I mean, I'll say it wasn't sold out, and then uh, we were able to go down to the at the upper level. We were able to go down to the first row. Uh, we called it the gaijin discount because we, even if a Japanese usher told us that wasn't our seat, we could be like, oh, we don't understand Japanese and. It was, it was a fun time, and then uh, the Japanese fans, you know, were very quiet and very respectful. And us, It was me and a friend of mine, and we were very rowdy and very American, very yelling at the fights. And then uh, it, was, 
and some of the Japanese uh, people sitting next to us, they were they were excited oh. that you know, what's what's that? Oh, you no yell, no, <laughs> no yell. <laughs> oh no, Did they, they started yelling kick your ass too. or what? No, they started yelling too. I mean, they were getting into it. You know, they'd never seen fans react like that to fighting, so they were very entertained by us. Okay, well, that kind of makes sense. Hey, who, who do we got on Thursday show? Oh shit, who don't we have? Um, on Thursday in the first hour, we will have Texas Independent Workers. <clears throat> excuse me, Chris Wolf and the Texas Bad Boy himself, David Fuller. In the second hour, we will have Pacific Northwest Independent Workers, Suicide Kings, which is uh, Mr. Wrestling Matt Farmer and his tag team partner Chris Del Sol, and we will also have. OVW prospect Caden Matthews on the air. So, so that should be fun for you, Alex. And yeah. uh, maybe a couple surprise guests. We'll see what happens. Awesome, but, uh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so it's going to be an indie-rific show on Thursday. Uh, that'll be 7 <laughs> p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern, and that would be 9 p.m. Mike Coughlin's flaking time. So, <laughs> yeah. But, hey, what the hell, man? We have live open phone lines. What the hell? Call in. 347-215-7946. Call in and you know, we could talk about anything. We could talk about uh, Heath Ledger passing. We could talk about... Uh, American Gladiators. ...that you've seen. Music. Fucking anything, man. We talk about anything here on, on Rubber Guard. So... Have you seen the latest American Gladiator show? I don't watch it. You, you don't, why um, why don't you watch it? That, there's too much too many other things for me. I have this radio show that's on in the evening time. That uh-huh. you know I do this radio show a couple days a week. Um, also, there are, there are other shows that I watch that I choose to watch instead, and um, I spend a lot of time with the wife at night because it's pretty much the only time I get to see her, or I'm on the phone with you. But <laughs> <laughs> you know. Going yeah. on, going on rants that that should be recorded, but they're not. But <laughs> you know, you know, I I I would love, you know, for one of our shows just to you know play one of your and my you know one hour conversations. It, it, it's quite funny. But <laughs> Always the best. We show. do seem the to, best stuff that's we do we, we we do seem to have some heated discussions, which is you know, hey, that's that's all about you know that's what discussions are about, you know. Mm-hmm. Getting your point across and making sure that I'm right all the time. <laughs> oh man, yeah, but uh, American Gladiators. I mean, th- thankfully to the invention of the DVR, because oftentimes I'm at training on Monday nights, so I'm able to miss Raw and uh, American Gladiators. But uh, if you're not watching American Gladiators, you need to find a way to watch it. That, that's some amazing, amazing programming for all the right and all the wrong reasons. The right reasons is being able to see Gina Carano on your TV every Monday, looking amazing and beautiful as she does. Fuck Maria, it's all about Gina Carano. And uh, I'm saying, <laughs> you want to see a woman, you you look at Gina Carano. But uh, I hate, I hate Kit Cope. I hate, hate that Kit guy. Cope. He's not he's not dating her anymore, is he? Oh, last I heard, I don't know. Yeah, the last, well, the last I heard that a while ago. I thought I thought uh, she was done with that clown. That a uh, clown? I don't want to call him a clown. He's like a. I saw that uh, True Life. I'm a Muay Thai fighter, and he went down to Thailand and was 
kicking all the Thailand people's butts. I don't want them to come over here and say they're going to kick my butt. Fuck him. Fuck him and his fucking failed steroid test. She's <laughs> Rano, amazing woman. Um, she kicked a girl in the head last night. It was awesome. Um, you get to see Helga, who uh, actually trained at Rick Drayson's. But uh, Helga, who was um, amazing. Actually, I think she stopped somebody last night at her event, which is new to her because the past couple of times she's let people go through in her event. And you get to see my favorite gladiator, other than uh, Crush Unicrono, which is the Wolf. Professional wrestler Wolf, who is known to Canadian destroy people, and uh, the pyramid is like his event. And then uh, the Wolf is awesome. If, you, if you're not watching the Wolf, I mean, if WWE needs to find the Wolf. Who trained that guy? Who trained him? I don't know. I think he trained at UPW actually. I think he trained at mm. UPW because when I saw him, uh, Anchors Away worked a show ICW in Arizona. They worked it maybe in August, September time frame. And uh, he was in one of the opening matches. He was in the first or second match in a three-way dance. And then uh, it's funny. Then I saw him on my uh, screen as one of the upcoming gladiators. I was like, oh, wow, I know that guy, you know. Well, I don't know him, but I saw the guy. Actually, that's a funny story, too, because I had a run-in with another uh, sort of big name in wrestling today at that same ICW show. But uh, I saw, I, saw uh, I think his name was Hollywood John Yates, if I remember right. And then uh, – now he's the wolf on American Gladiators, and he's awesome. But uh, also at that uh, IZW show, I ran into Relic, uh, TNA wrestler. Oh, really? Yeah, and he was not a nice man. All right, we have a caller. Caller, welcome to Rebel Guard Radio. Who am I speaking with? Lee. What's up, Lee? What's going on? Calling you from Japan. Oh, wow. Wow, really? Yeah. Okay, wow. you need to turn your computer down, please. Yeah, I got you. Thank you, sir. What's going on there, Lee? Not much. I was just calling. I just found your show. You know, I heard the other guy talking about uh, Pride in, in uh, Japan. I was curious if anybody knew any Pride circuits in Okinawa. Oh, is there any uh, fighting circuits in Okinawa? Um, I was not. I wasn't stationed in Okinawa. I was actually stationed on the mainland at Iwakuni. So I can't so tell I. you. I'm too, huh? So was I. Oh, you were stationed in uh, Iwakuni as well. Yeah. Okay. But uh, are you in Okinawa now? Yep. Okay. Well, uh, like I said, I wasn't ever stationed in Okinawa, so I'm not familiar with uh, the fighting circuits that are on over there. But uh. If you're able to take a, a trip or whatever, take some leave and go to uh, the mainland again, that uh, in Tokyo um, there there might be you know with uh, K1 running uh, heroes, and then if you're in you're in Oka or whatever decides to run another show, that'd be the the, the two I know about. Mm-hmm. Um, you might want to. I, I don't really like putting them over, but you may want to go to Sherdog. Uh, they ha- their Japanese correspondents are are pretty pretty good. They they have their ears to the ground as far as the smaller independents go in Japan. So um, yeah, you might want to check them out. They'd be able to get you more of an answer. Uh, they list a bunch of different upcoming shows on the front page. So uh, sure yeah, sure dog would be able to get you a better answer than we would be able to give you on that one. But there's some uh, there's some untapped talent out there, man. There's I mean, I've seen seen some really crazy fights from these small shows. 
You know, they're mm-hmm. like 400 people in the crowd. Are you into professional wrestling as well, Lee, or uh, just the MMA? Oh, just the MMA. Okay, okay. As I was going to say, there's definitely some good uh, professional wrestling there on the mainland. But uh, like I said, mixed martial arts, I'm not too, too particularly familiar with. Like I said, in 2005 when I was able to check out that Pride show, that was when Pride was still running. And uh, Pride, unfortunately, isn't running anymore. So uh can't check out any of those shows. You have any other questions, Lee? No. No, not at all. All right, well, thanks for calling in to Rubber Guard Radio. Yep, thanks, guys. Cool. We are definitely an international show, Alex. <laughs> Caller from Japan, wow. That was cool. Yeah. That was pretty neat. <clears throat> you know, it's, I mean, geez, let alone a caller, a person who called in, but from Japan. That's nuts, dude. But yeah, yeah. hopefully, you know, the guys, the guy over at Sheerdog who does their international stuff there, or not international, their Japanese stuff, he's he's really uh-huh. good. Um, Yeah, he'll be able to, uh, hell, anybody that wants to, to learn about some of the smaller leagues and, and smaller time fighters. Cheer uh, Dog would be able to to do that for you. Um, okay, enough of putting those jackasses over. <laughs> Let's see. <clears throat> I have to reload my board. So, what do you say the best so, uh, fight show? Uh, what's the best fight show you've ever seen? Me? That yeah. I've ever seen? Oh boy, uh, you're putting me on the spot here. Um, that Bushido tournament comes to mind as one of them. The debut Strike Force show. Debut Strike Force show. Mm-hmm. That was insane. Eighteen thousand people going fucking crazy. Mm. And there's going to be eighteen thousand people. There's going to be eighteen thousand for fucking Kung Lee and Frank. I'll tell you that much. They're going to blow the roof off the Shark Tank. That's amazing. <laughs> and it was. Can you believe that? The United States attendance record for a non-UFC event. They uh, had the attendance show? record. Yeah, that first strike for show. That's amazing that uh, they're able to draw that kind of people in without TV because that's the that's the hardest thing. I mean, TV if you if you utilize and have a good uh, television program, I think that's the, the most effective way of marketing your product. Um, and then they're doing it without TV, which means you know they're hitting the streets, letting people know about the upcoming shows. Okay, and, uh, all right, Alex. San Jose is the exception to that rule because there are so many. MMA dojos down there. So there's a reason they drew that. I mean, yes, they they had the mainstream. They were all over the newspapers and TV and everything out here. Yes, mm-hmm. but also uh, San Jose is a hotbed as well for MMA fighting. So Where is it a hotbed, though? I mean, San Diego and Los Angeles are pretty predominant hotbeds for uh, mixed martial arts as well. Now, it's going to be interesting to, to see what they draw. Um, for Kung Lee and Frank, because that's that's the money fight. Um, that's one of the few money fights that's left, and then it's Ken and Frank. But who the fuck's going to get that? It's probably going to be Elite XE, but I'm hoping that it'll be here for Strike Force. It'll be on Elite uh, pay per view, but I, I just hope that it's here. And then I hope that Elite XE goes out of business. I wonder how um, with Gina Carano being You're on. Can ask me why? No, I, no, I'm saying that uh, I wonder with Gina Carano being on American Gladiators, I wonder how that's going to help her marketability in the mixed martial arts world, and that 
if maybe her fight, you know, maybe she could main event her own show or if she could give that Ken Frank pay-per-view another uh, big match, you know, to kind of stack that card. Hmm. It's possible. Possible. Yeah, I, I, I'm hoping that, that Strike Force goes out of business um, and they're not bought, that they just fold so that their contract with the Shark Tank is null and void. Mm-hmm. Um, because I would love to have UFC come to San Jose because San Jose is a shorter drive than Sacramento. Plus, the Shark Tank's a beautiful building for for uh, mixed martial arts and pro wrestling, mm-hmm. for that matter. I mean, it's just a beautiful, beautiful building. What's the last <laughs> time there was a, a professional wrestling card held there? They don't didn't do a house show. Um, I think it was a raw taping last year. Oh, okay. I think they haven't had a pay per view forever there. Um, the last pay per view was Royal Rumble '98, where uh, Austin won, and uh, Foley came in with with each of his gimmicks in the Rumble. And oh wow, yeah, Michaels, I remember that. Where Michaels hurt his back on the casket. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was a, that was a big show. Yeah, that was fun. Speaking of pro wrestling, I mean, speaking of pro wrestling, uh, right now I'm currently watching uh, not circulated DVD, but I'm watching a fan cam of uh, the Chaos SoCal Crazy match. If you haven't seen the SoCal Crazy Adam Pierce match that uh, I've been putting over on the show for a little while, you need to you need to go check that match out. It was amazing. And then uh, if you're in the San Diego area, you're going to see the Mass versus Hoddle match, uh, SoCal Crazy versus Chaos, uh, the the third match they've had. Well. Second match they've had, they've also were involved in a mixed tag, and then uh, that match is just going to be phenomenal because uh, the first I'm watching the first match right now, and then uh, SoCal Crazy told me personally, you know that uh, that match, you know he he sees the room for improvement because that was the first time him and Chaos have ever squared off in the ring, and then uh, they were just getting used to feeling each other and stuff like that. But uh, this third match, you know, with uh, the big uh, hair versus I mean not hair, but uh, Title versus mass stipulation, you know, both of the both of the guys are gonna pull out all the stops. And uh I'm really, really looking forward to that match. So uh, if you're definitely in the area March fifteenth, we got a lot of while to plug it, but uh tell you, that's gonna be an amazing, amazing match. And then while you're at it, you know, check out uh SoCal Pro on February ninth. They have uh you know, we're gonna be plugging that show in the next couple weeks too, but uh it's gonna have Adam Pierce and uh Jason Redondo against uh Baby Slam and SoCal Crazy and then uh if that match can even, you know, come one fourth as close as uh, the the, I'm trying to say a word other than goodness because I know it's not grammatically correct, but uh, if that match comes close to being as uh, well worked as uh, the the previous Adam Pierce so kind of crazy match, and it's really going to be something to go out of your way to see or find on DVD, and then uh, Jeff, uh, they'll be having some WrestleWarehouse.com. Yeah, WrestleWarehouse.com. Don't buy bootlegs. <laughs> So we have some new merchandise available at that show, um, and it'll be an awesome, awesome event. Both shows are going to be awesome, awesome events, and uh, San Diego, hopefully San Diego picks up some steam. I mean, we're putting on uh, what I, I think are pretty good shows down here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, once again, listeners that are listening live, uh, we don't have a guest for the second hour. Um, we have about 20-odd minutes left. You can call in, give us your thoughts. Um, anything you want to talk about? There's no, it's no holds barred, man. We'll talk about anything. Area code three four seven two one five seven nine four six. 
And Alex, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a quick commercial so I can change phones. I'm having okay. a problem with this phone. So let me um, find this here. You know what? We'll play our commercial. <laughs> I like it. I have returned to the land of the living. I am a zombie. I am a zombie. I am a zombie. I have returned to the land of the living. I am a zombie. I am a zombie. I am a
Have you seen Chaos's finisher? Yes. The new Gonzo bomb that he does. Mm-hmm. Oh, that move is so sick. Yeah. But uh, he just did it on SoCal Crazy for the win. But uh, it's, um, Dave really... That that move, um, for those that are listening, you can go to my MySpace, myspace.com backslash radio. Um, I have a video of it, of him doing that um, from the WSX TV show. So if you want to see that finish, go there and you can, you can get a real quick look. Um, yeah, that is a sick move, isn't it? Yeah, I just saw him hit it on SoCal Crazy. That's insane. But uh, back to what I was saying about Jeff Hardy and Raw, I've never taken Jeff Hardy seriously ever in my life. And uh, they, I, I swear, WWE's really turned him into a star. And then if, if, you're, if you're not watching, uh, I think Randy Orton is one of the best guys in the business right now, bar none, period. And uh, I really think that for any other reason to check out Raw to see uh, the evolution and the, the maturation of Randy Orton as a top-level main event guy, I would definitely suggest that because I definitely, definitely believe that. You know, I'm not backstage at WWE, but they say he's got uh, you know, a couple of problems with his head. But uh, as long as he keeps his head in it, I mean, he is a phenomenal wrestler, a phenomenal interview, a phenomenal promo. And then, uh, you know, I, I see uh, Randy Orton being the future main event level wrestler that the WWE is going to need in the future. That, no, Randy Orton makes me sick. He's a disgrace to the human race. You know, he, he, he's, he's gotten everything so fast, and he's not humble. And his daddy is too afraid to smack his ass. You know, he has no respect. You would think coming out of the Orton household, he would have respect. But he doesn't. He doesn't respect the business. He doesn't respect the boys. He doesn't respect his boss. He goes out. He fucks up all these hotel rooms. He's all out getting loaded, you know, all night. You know, he's fucking around with who knows what kind of females or males. From what I hear, I... He's a switch hitter, but that's just he's neither here nor there. But he just has no respect. No respect. You know, I mean, he, well, plus, he's a, plus he's a fucking coward. He went AWOL in the military. That's chicken shit, Alex, and you know that. Oh, yeah, I know that. He was in the, he was in the United States Marine Corps just by myself. That's chicken shit, dude. He just fucking walked away. Mm-hmm. He walked away. That's a punk, as far as I'm concerned. Because when you sign up for something, when you enlist, when you when you sign a contract for a job, you're supposed to, uh, I'll quote the Briscoes, man up, do what you have to do, be a fucking man, and he is not. He is a snot-nosed punk. He has no... Oh, good, uh, Sorry for the... I can see those opinions, but... uh. You know, I, I don't know Randy Orton personally. I've never had a personal interaction with him. Just going based off of what I see on the television screen, um, I think he's developed into one of the, the premier uh, wrestlers or workers uh, in world wrestling entertainment. I believe that other than John Cena, that uh, if you want a main event uh, caliber match, uh, John Cena, I mean, uh, Randy Orton is definitely the man that can uh, give you that match. And then uh, I, I just I think John, uh, Randy Orton's on a, a different level of man right now. And then Jeff Hardy, I mean, they've turned him into, you know, one of the biggest baby faces in the company, which I never thought was possible because I thought it was all of his makeup and his gyrations that uh, he never advanced past that uh, 
quote unquote mid card level, but uh, he has. Well, hopefully, hopefully uh, Vince Vince smartens up and uses Jeff Hardy to to break into the, shall we say, alternate type of lifestyle people. If you know what I'm, ta- I'm not talking about homosexual. <laughs> I'm just saying pe- people that are people that are different into into you know. I, I don't want to, you know, categorize people, but they they can use him to, you know, different avenues, different different types of people, and I think that they have made a star. I, I have to agree. Um, I don't think he's going to win the title from him, but they made no. him a credible a credible wrestler that can go to any of the three brands and walk in and take the title belt on any given day. And I have the feeling I'm going to have to agree with Brian. Alvarez that he's going he's going to win the money in the bank this year, okay? And he is going to the 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 way that they've built him, he has the credibility where he'll be able to walk into any any arena with that briefcase, and the fans will think that he has a chance on that night to win the world heavyweight championship. He has been made. I don't know if he's so far has been made because. Uh... A, a good baby face is only as good as the hills. I mean, a good baby face oh, no, is only no. as good as the hills. Oh, no, no, no. They, he's been anointed, and he, he's, he's, he's at an upper level than other people. And I, I, I think that after him and Randy have the blow off, he's not going to win the title because that's Hunter's belt that he'll get at Mania. But that's a whole different story. But I think that that they made Hardy into a superstar, and that he's 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 surpassed. You know that level. You know he, his head is sticking through the glass ceiling. If you know what I mean. I, th- I think we'll definitely. Uh, I think Tom will be the judge on that one. I mean, uh, I think Jeff Hardy could have a, a very smooth transition to a SmackDown program. Do the mm-hmm. fact that Edge is on a. Uh, you know, uh, Edge is right in my opinion the best heel that WWE has. You know, with Randy Orton being second. And then, uh, so I think he'd make a smooth transition there. But if you put him on a program like ECW with no strong kill group, that uh, he would definitely uh, fall down to his level, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I, I would like to see – hold on, I'm in the hall here. I got a bit of an echo. Um, I would like to see uh, Jeff move to ECW and have CM Punk turn heel, and that would be a hell of a program. Because I think Punk is a better heel. And now, a word from our sponsor. Are you looking for action figures, pro wrestling books, pro wrestling gear, title belts, music CDs, t-shirts, replica belts, wrestling DVDs, wrestling masks, wrestling rings? If so, 
please visit WrestleWarehouse.com. WrestleWarehouse will be able to help you with all of your pro wrestling needs. And make sure that you tell them that KZ from Rubberguard Radio sent you.
also your clock seems to stick on 420.com. And they also stream live on Blog Talk Radio. BlogTalkRadio.com backslash retro jerk. Wow, that was fun. Well, we have about seven minutes remaining, and I'm waiting for Alex to call back in. Uh, we are taking calls, 347-215-7946. Uh, let's see. Let's go to Melter's site. We'll run down a little bit of the pro wrestling news before uh, um, we uh, move on with Alex. I, I will not read the uh, TNA spoilers. Uh, that's not fair to anybody. So uh, let me load up my board again here. All right, let's get to the news. Okay, jeez, Melter, enough about the damn observer. Uh, Nakamura, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, the IWGP champion, um, this evening worked a dark match, a dark match for TNA Explosion. Um, Alex, are you on? Yeah, I'm here. All right, finally. (laughs) Damn, I don't know what's up with this, man. My computer's fucking weird. For some odd reason, I don't know what's going on. I can't seem to keep a call. But are you are you back on? Yeah, I'm here. Who did Nakamura work? Uh, you know what? That's a good question. Let me. I don't. They didn't post the spoiler. He, did he do it last night? Um, or was it tonight? I, uh, I, there was two sets of tapings, I believe. That. Uh, oh, okay. What did they tape the uh, Judas Macias this uh, uh, Barbwire match? I'm looking. Uh, holy shit. Curry Man. Yeah, Curry Man. And Tiger Mask and Curry Man. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> That's going to be fun. That's fun. I mean, I was never... I never really liked Curry Man because I always thought Chris Daniels... What? I thought he was a worker, man. I'd rather see Chris Daniels other than uh, Curry Man. That's yeah. his personal preference. <laughs> The, my my wife loves Daniels as Curry Man and Daniels, and the thing is, they're completely different characters. That's the fucking awesome thing. They're completely different, but that's fun, man. I love I love me some Curry Man, but that's gonna I love be one after one. Yes, that's money, and it, they <laughs> taped the barbed wire match tonight. So oh, they taped the barbed wire match tonight. Yeah. I don't have results yet for uh, this evening's tapings. But, that was something uh, about uh, they couldn't do the match in South Carolina? Really? Uh, I think that's what uh, Meltzer reported, that uh, something about the State Athletic Commission. I guess they're doing it. Are they doing the pay-per-view in South Carolina? Are they against all odds? I think it is in Carolina. I don't, I, yeah. I really don't know. I, 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 don't, I follow the product, but, again, I don't watch and I don't follow too closely. Right, I right. there's nothing to follow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I am going to f4w on the front page. I want to see if Brian is done with his fucking newsletter, so I have something to read. For, uh, Did you see the ROH pay-per-view? I have not watched it yet. No, I have not watched it yet. Um, oh, okay. Oh, uh, yeah, you're going to have to see it later on, if you see, if you know what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Uh, what do you think yeah. about Man Up, the last pay-per-view? It was fun. It was fun. Um, that ladder match was fucking brutal. Um, How do you say that stacks up against other great pay-per-views? Because Brian really put that uh, 
he, he put over that pay-per-view a lot, but it's kind of, like I've always said, it's kind of hard for me to put up uh, something from a Ring of Honor against a promotion like uh, NWA's uh, Great American Bash 89 or WrestleMania 7. Uh, barely legal. Uh, I, I, I wasn't overly impressed with barely legal. I thought that was a weak uh, introduction to the ECW product, in my opinion. Mm. I always thought that that, that was uh, Paul Heyman trying to capture what, in essence, ECW was, but I don't think it was a good introductory show to uh, someone checking out ECW for the first time. Has that been the first ECW exposure I ever got was through the pay-per-view Barely Legal? I don't know if I would have been a fan. Now, as an already fan, I thought it was a, a decent show. I thought the Russell Palooza show that, that wasn't uh, on the pay-per-view, I thought the Russell Palooza 97 was a, a, bar, a far better show, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to agree. The whole Taz thing was awesome. Mm-hmm. That was fun. That and that one night stuff. they built Taz. I mean, Taz was already. Uh, I mean, he got uh, the face. He got the face turn at Barely Legal, and that really cemented the, the face turn because uh, I, the fans. I mean, if you watch the ECW product from 1996, Taz was the most hated man in the country, probably uh, behind Shane Douglas at that time because the Gary Wolf uh, angle, which. <laughs> I believe in my heart of hearts, they can break kayfabe, but I really in my heart of hearts believe that uh, Gary Wolf did not have his neck broken by Shane Douglas. And uh, I think that angle really put Shane Douglas as the most hated man in America at that point. And uh, Taz, at a, in a second, and in the way that they were able to do that t- double turn at Barely Legal, I never thought Sabu was as over as a heel as he was as a face, but Taz definitely was more over as a face than he ever was as a heel. Yeah, I have to agree. And we are coming down to the two-minute mark. Spit out your plugs, Alex. Uh, www.myspace backslash cmsaint. Uh, go to newwaveprowrestling.com. Go to socalprowrestling.com. And uh, just enjoy independent wrestling. Uh, enjoy mixed martial arts. It's a, it's a good time. Enjoy Japanese wrestling. Just enjoy, uh, enjoy whatever you're into. If you're into music, you know, find some good music that you're into. I'm just in an enjoying mood tonight. Whatever you're into. Jeff uh, Russell Warehouse was uh, glad enough to hook me up with uh, some Japanese professional wrestling tapes from New Japan. I've just been enjoying that. And uh, just get what you're into. I think New Japan has kind of strengthened my, my love for the, the sport of professional wrestling. New Japan. That New Japan product's awesome. So uh, I'm real happy right now. Well, fuck you, Brian Alvarez. There is something going on in Japan. <laughs> Well, I don't know if there's anything financially going on in Japan, but that product wow. is so amazing. That's some of the best. Fuck Ring of, I mean, not fuck Ring of Honor, but I mean, I've, I've just not. I've never been a huge, huge Ring of Honor supporter. Which, if you look at my DVD catalog, you might question that. But I do have a, a fair amount of Ring of Honor products, because I've always given Ring of Honor a chance. But I just can't really get behind their in-ring product because by the third match, I'm asleep because it feels like I'm watching the same match over and over again. So many high spots. I mean, it just puts me to bed. But uh, the, the New Japan product, top to bottom, is uh, the best wrestling product out there today with WWE at a, at a, at a semi-close second. Uh, I enjoy some of what WWE does. A lot of the main event stuff is really good. So uh, just enjoy whatever you're into. Cool. All right, well, I'm going to spit out my plugs. Uh, MySpace.com backslash RubberGuardRadio. Uh, I'll gladly be your friend. No problem. Um, WrestleWarehouse.com, the sponsor. Uh, F4WOnline.com, and let's see, let's get in one more very special plug. 
or actually, I'll just say it. I love you, honey. Thanks for listening, baby. All righty, guys, we will talk to you on Thursday. Blog Talk Radio.